Welcome to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church's Senior Club Meeting, which meets the second Wednesday of every month, uh, except January and February. And um, uh, we meet at 10.30 in the morning, and you don't have to be Lutheran to join us. But you do have to bring a, a dish for our potluck luncheon after the program. So please uh, join us uh, the second Wednesday of the month at 10.30. Next month, October, 2018, Dottie Fulginetti, Chairman of the Board of Selectmen, will be joining us. So I know there are many of you who would like to ask her some questions. So please join us. And today we are so uh, grateful that we have two outstanding speakers to make a presentation on the Ames Free Library. And here in the back, you can see the, 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 the assets, the library itself, the Quisit House, and um, uh, some of the the board members, and so one of those board members is Bill Ames of the infamous Ames family and the famous Ames family. The infamous is good, though. Infamous. <laughs> and he's here to give us a brief history of the founding of the Ames Free Library by his family and um, the contributions of that family uh, thereafter. And we're also so delighted to have the executive director of the library, Dr. Uma Hiramath, who will be talking to us about the different um, options and events and activities that the library offers, which contributed to making it in 2016 the second best little library in all of America. So we welcome you both here and take it away. Thanks, Priscilla. It's a great pleasure to be here. My name is Bill Ames, as Priscilla has said. Priscilla and I used to go skating on Shovel Shop Pond, so we're old friends from back then. I think she might have saved me from drowning once, but um, we digress. Um, I've had the great pleasure of being on the library board for 40 years. Uh, it's my 40th year, and um, many exciting changes have happened in those 40 years, and I'm sure Uma will uh, talk about some of those, that's for sure. But the library was founded in 1883, was opened in 1883, and it was started in 1880. There was already a library in Easton, which I think uh, was somebody's house or a storefront or something. And uh, so when they decided to build it, they went as part of the uh, Richardson wave that was sweeping Easton. And the, the hall, I think, had been built already and decided to build the, the library. And it was designed, as I say, by H.H. H. Richardson. Um, and it's one of the classic Richardson buildings. It's not, certainly not the biggest, but it's, it always gets architectural students out. And um, the reason, I always wonder why are they always looking at this building? And apparently the reason is that it's a combination of, there's a triangle, you know, the front is sort of a triangle, and there's an arch, there's a tower, and all this. So everything is, by architectural students, is regarded as extremely well balanced. In other words, you look at this, it just looks like symmetry. Nothing mm -hmm. is skewed. So, Anyhow, the first, uh, it was opened in 1883. The first librarian was uh, Charles Ballard. And um, he served for about nine years. And then after he uh, resigned, I think he had bad health. May have been a, I think he had a hearing problem. Then uh, Lavinia Lamprey took over. She was a young lady of uh, 22, and she stayed 22 years old. She lived in Eastern, and uh, she moved into the library apartment and was there for the next uh, 54 years. Uh -huh. So it's quite an amazing, uh, quite an amazing run. And then I think her, when her father was in bad health, 
he lived on the top floor. So that was sort of a very uh, nice community feeling. And a lot of people, I think Alice McCarthy, who lives in Easton, she's got, still got some memories of Miss, uh, Miss Lamprey. Um, so the library is very blessed with wonderful leadership from her. And uh, Ames family members and other people were certainly uh, resident, I mean, residents of the town were interested, helped out along the way. But uh, she really stayed the course. And uh, in those days, uh, so little happened. She was often not invited to the trustees' meetings because there really wasn't much to talk about. Life was a lot simpler in those <laughs> days. And they'd write a letter to her and say what they decided. We've read all these letters. And it's just amazing how the world has changed in terms Certainly of has. for the better, of course. But uh, So that's a, a brief introduction. We've been very lucky to have Uma Haremeth uh, uh, with us for the last uh, ten, years. ten years. Thank you. And before that was Madeline Holt, who many of you probably met. And before that was Annalie Bundy. Um, so it's, we've had a lot of great talent at the top, and certainly it's been a wonderful staff. Uh, it's very small, very low turnover, Oma, I've noticed, in the staff, which is a nice... It's a great place to work. A great place to work, thanks <laughs> to you and the others, that's for sure. So, Priscilla, is that enough introduction? Or do you want me to bang on some more? I'm happy to do that. Well, why don't you talk about the contributions that the family has made to the library besides serving on the board? Oh, okay. As you do. Well, um, we, we've, of course, served on a lot of committees. Um, certainly, um, financially, the library has been very blessed. Uh, people have left the money. The original stock money was left uh, in the 1880s, was invested in uh, old colony railroad stock. Fortunately, they sold bought some other stocks, so it kept going. And then um, various other people have left funds. Uh, of course, the most renowned was Fanny Holt Ames, who was the secretary for 20 years. And she was a very uh, smart, astute lady. I knew her slightly. I was just a teenager. She would come over for dinner uh, before the library meetings or after the library meetings. I can't really remember. And her husband uh, left her some uh, General Electric stock when he died in 1924. She was his secretary, and it was a very successful marriage. It's his third marriage, but it was a very successful marriage. And his instructions to her was to never sell the General Electric. So fortunately, she always remembered that. <laughs> so when her trustees would call her up and say, Mrs. Ames, you, you know, you're 95% you're of one stock. This is not good. She, she'd say, well, I've read the annual reports. I've calculated the ratios. You know, she was very smart. She said, we're sticking in it. So they did, and the library and other institutions benefited enormously from that, certainly. And that's one part of the reason we have this nice campus today. And other people, Mrs. Frothingham was a big donor, and my father, who was president for many years, certainly um, uh, donated here and there. Uh, and my mother donated a mirror which is in the main building. If you've seen the big mirror there, my mother put it in for Miss Lamprey so she could look at the mirror and see what was going on behind her. You know. <laughs> my mother got the idea at a shoe store in Boston because the people were fitting the shoes on her. She noticed there was a big mirror in the back so they could see if anybody was shoplifting. So that was, that's where the idea came from. My mother said, Sadly, passed away the other day, but she was always loved that story because that was a, a lasting contribution which we have kept. Um, 
So that's some of the contributions uh, the Ames family has made. Um, certainly we've been fortunate to be able to contribute financially, but I like to think we put in the hours along the way to help the team move, the, move it forward. And uh, as Priscilla was saying, we've got that award from the Gates Foundation. Of the, I think it's, all, it's, all for, it's for libraries in towns with under 25,000 population. And I, I, how many towns enter that? It's a couple of hundred towns enter that, right? Every Easily, year. yes. So it's open to all. Open to all, for sure. But I think the entries are, you know, a couple of hundred. So we're very pleased that the, to be in the top three. Uh, I think it's two times we've been in the top three, thanks to everyone's hard work. And uh, it's been nice, very nice to get that recognition for what people have done. So I think that wraps it up. It does. Does that do it? Can and I have had um, the, I've had the distinct pleasure and coincidence of having lived in Warwick, New York for 24 years, which won the first prize of best, the best little library in America, and went at the same time that um, Ames Free Library came in second. So I feel very blessed. And what a coincidence. It is quite amazing. There's no such thing as coincidence, Priscilla. There's a connection there. Meant to be. Meant to be. <laughs> Actually, Bill, since you're talking a bit about the Ames family and the history, do you, can you just um, tell everyone about Quisset House and Winthrop Ames? Because I find that such a dramatic oh, yeah. story. Uh, Winthrop Ames, um, you know, everybody knows what Cuisette House is behind the library, the big stone building, which we were it's this one. fortunate enough to be able to purchase, thanks to the aforementioned Fanny and others. And um, so we've had a great programming um, effort that goes on there because, the, as Uma will agree, I'm sure, that the future of libraries is more and more in programming, getting people in the community involved. And, getting them to come up with ideas and create groups. Sure, I, I'll, I'll talk about yeah. integral piece. But um, when we bought it uh, eight years ago, it was, not, it, was, it was an expensive proposition. But we rapidly became sort of uh, house poor, you know. It was <laughs> one of those things. So fortuitously, Karen, help me with her last name. Carter. Karen Carter. St. Karen, as I call her, left us a very nice bequest, extremely nice bequest. Yes. So that was a very wonderful game changer. Uh, uh, yes. So I'm Out happy to mention her, that's for sure. Yes. So as Uma and the others have created programs at Cuisin House, and Winthrop Baines lived there, as um, Priscilla was saying, in the, um, he was the owner back in the 1920s and all that era there, and he was a producer in Broadway. So. He used to come up for a few weeks in May and June every year, and he'd, he'd bring up some, some of his Broadway, he produced plays, so he knew all these people, and it was a business thing. But they, they'd come up, and Catherine Cornell, who was an actress, and George Arliss, and they would come up for a sort of a big house party week. And I think this, in 1916, they put on a play with the OA High School, Olive Rames High School drama department in the Cuisette Garden. So letters went back and forth during the winter and spring from Winthrop Ames to huh. the dramatic department about, you know, and I think they put on a Midsummer Night's Dream and the students were the, I think the chorus. And there's a wonderful picture we have at the library of this chorus all lined up. And I think Alice McCarthy's father's in there and all right, sorts of familiar, right, right. All sorts of familiar names. 
So there they were, and there was Catherine Cornell and George Arliss and these stars. I think it was all probably script assisted. I don't think they, Catherine Cornell knew Shakespeare by heart. So it was sort of had an informal feel to it. But uh, and it was on the stage. It was on the stage, yeah. So that was, you know, it was they sort of cobbled it together to fit the location or whatever. But uh, it's a great imagery for a youngster to suddenly be on the stage with Catherine Cornell. And, George Arliss, and they, you know, they'd have a social hour with the parents afterwards. And but didn't um, uh, Winthrop Ames build the exactly. uh, yes. stage precisely so that he could invite his uh, actors and act actresses up uh, to entertain yeah. him on weekends? And well, they were all colleagues, yeah. And the center portion of that stage, uh, made out of uh, cedar, is still, still there, mm -hmm. even though it was built in 1911. Correct. Yeah, it's still there. Thanks. Uh, right. It's and then um, they, on either side of that, they, they actually um, replaced authentically the parts of the stage which were missing. So today we have the full stage. That's right. And the stage did double duty because it's a wonderful play. They had some chairs there so before dinner or read a book you could go out and sit, sit in a nice comfortable chair. And on the stage in the shade and look up at the garden. So mm -hmm. it did sort of double, it's sort of like a loggia, something, mm -hmm. I don't know. But um, yeah, so it was, it was an exciting thing. And I think Catherine Cornell or Mrs. Belmont ran into the gatepost leaving. So it's always been known as the August Belmont gatepost because mm -hmm. she had a Sunday lunch and may have had one martini too many. <laughs> not the gate post Can you talk at all about the children's wing? Because that came later than the original. Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the children's wing was donated by uh, Fanny Holt Ames, who I admit, was the previous woman I talked about in 1931, in memory of her husband, uh, William uh, Hadwin Ames. Um, and uh, they never had any children, as I say. She was his third wife, and he was much older. I don't think, I don't think he had any children. Um, but anyhow, so she was very devoted to that uh, wing and that um, <coughs> architect firm in Boston put it together. And, and I think to this day, Wilma, it, it is still a wonderful thing, right? It's a, oh, it's yes. a huge commitment to children's library services. Absolutely. Maybe it was overbuilt in the old days, but you know, it's, 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 it's a wonderful fit. Yes, it's, it's got, it certainly is. Got the high uh, windows. Windows. And the sun comes in, mm -hmm. see the gardens and everything. So, it's a wonderful setting. And so uh, Fanny Ames built that, and I think she was, um, you know, that was her original gift to the library, and that sort of bonded her for the next 20 years. Second. So, Bill, were you named after William Hadman Ames? No, I was not. Uh, I don't know who I was named after, but William is a name from way back. But I mean, I could have. He was named after the same person I was, I don't know. But one of those okay, well, thank you. So, Uma, take it away. I have to follow up on Bill's because Bill just tossed it out that, you know, he's been on the board for a long time. He's been on the board for 40 years. When Bill started, maybe, or maybe somewhere along the way, oh my gosh. that's what he looked like. I love this. <laughs> he's, like a, he's like Jimmy Stewart here. <laughs> so, yes. So each of those... 
that's, <laughs> that silver mane has gone into the making of, I mean, this board together has put in more than 130 years. It's been a steadfast board, and as Bill said, a steadfast staff as well, very hardworking. Now, how many of you have been to the library? Everyone except Father, who's going to be coming for a grand tour. How many of you have been in the last one year? Everyone? That's pretty good. Excellent. Last one month? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For the, and and when, you, when you think of the word library, what is the first word that comes to your mind? Books. Books. Yeah. Priscilla's worried that you're not speaking Speak loud. Louder? louder? Yeah. How's it going? For Yes. Can, okay, raise your hand if you can't hear me. Uh, my kids always tell me to quieten down, so yeah, it's just the abyss here. It's been books. It's been books for centuries. As librarians, that's our trust factor is that we will get you the right information at the right time. It's always been books. But as we have all experienced, the world around us is changing. The whole concept of getting information is changing. Encyclopedias, you know, that's a great example. Remember our old encyclopedias? Sure. The encyclopedia salesman, the shelves and shelves that we would devote to encyclopedias. There is only one company that still updates uh, the general encyclopedia. It's gone the way of the dinosaur. So it's, it's just a little bellwether of how, you know, te technology has overtaken our lives in a lot of ways. Now, all of us don't have to chase that technology. I mean, I, you know, if I have a techie problem, I call somebody Jonathan's age, my kids, and say, please fix it. You know, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> but I do want the advantages of technology, and that is what the public library is also beginning to offer as the next step for libraries. It's books. It will always be books. I can't think of an invention as perfect as a printed book. How many of you agree with that? Yeah. You know, there's just some things in life. There's so many articles that come out. Is the library obsolete? No, it's not. There'll always be books. And I always give the example of stairwells. You know, we got the escalator and we got the elevator, but we still build stairs. You know, there's something about the perfect invention that stays on for all human needs through time. But as, as we know, the world is changing, so what... Winthrop Ames, and I'm so, that's why I wanted Bill to introduce Quisset House. All libraries are not as fortunate as we have been with the Ames family. We were able to develop Quisset House, and I still remember, Bill, when I joined, you all were talking about turning Quisset House into a children's library. I wasn't. You weren't. Good. <laughs> I remember hearing that. Quisset House has 17 rooms. I said, you're going to lose a kid for a couple of years and not be able to find them. You know, it's, yeah. it's all these hood, hidden nooks and crannies. It's just the most charming building for those of you who have been inside. But we couldn't quite figure what to do with it. And right. until this whole world around us was changing, and we heard about a library in Denmark, in Aarhus, that was talking about the commons, the learning commons. And that's how we visualized Quisset House as a place where the community could meet and share their interests, share their knowledge, share their information, and get past all these various changes that is taking place around us. So it was going to be both a technology hub and a meeting place. Actually, this morning, I was just saying, as I walked in, and I saw that very charming uh, sign on, on the door of the church, 
gathered together, and I said, that's, that's like us. Does anybody know the byline of the library? I have a prize for you if you do. Think, think, think. The library is where the community connects. Oh, Priscilla, you get the pen. What's that? The world's best pen. Goes to Priscilla. I'll ask a few more questions down the road. <laughs> it's <laughs> There we go. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> we have them at the library, so it's always there. We got, yeah. But yeah, the whole idea is to get people together because, as we know, life is getting more atomized. You know, we're getting into the you know, in our homes, everything's available there. What we came up with, as Bill mentioned, is the idea of programming. In 1999, the Ames Free Library offered three programs for adults. For the past six years, we have offered more than a thousand programs a year for adults and children and teens. Because we think of the library as a sort of a third space, you're comfortable in your house, multi-generational. If you're going to work, that's another space. But places like the church, like the library, are multi-generational spaces where everybody has something to be offered. And that's the concept of the extension of the library from books in the traditional building and Quisset House as a learning commons for people to meet. Over a thousand programs, and most of which for adults, has been offered by the community. And I'm going to bring up this uh, program only because it is very representative of the kind of ways a simple program keeps expanding and a small good becomes into a universal good. Six years ago, we started with about 12 people in a knitting group. June, were you part of the original I'm group? I'm not part of that. Okay. People decided they liked knitting, but it was boring sitting at home and knitting alone. So they started coming to the library at Quisset House and started knitting. They were so loud we could hear them across the road. They were just having the time of their lives. So the group just kept growing. Once they started growing, it turned into an embroidery group, and then a quilting group, and then a beading group. It just kept, it just kept multiplying into these fabulous little groups that meet on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis. Now you can knit and chat and quilt and chat and have fun, but then you want something more in life. And June is here to attest to this. The quilters started making quilts for the community and then for the region. So, so last year, Rome, these statistics are from last year. You see that wonderful little quilt? Over 600 prenatal quilts given out to Brigham and Women's. You can see some of the stats there. Hemo hats. Those tiny little hats are for preemie babies. I, I thought it just about fits my fist. It's, you know, it's hard to imagine. But it's so comforting to know that this group is sitting there creating this for the betterment of, of you know, our neighbors. And June, do you have the quilt? Where did I keep it? You have to see this. Their, their latest uh, undertaking is... Uh, it's on the chair. It? On the chair. Okay. Oh, yes. <clears throat> They have a design to make quilts for. June, can you explain it oh, a little bit? Because you've got, you, you're doing it. Okay, this is going to be a veteran's quilt. Ah. Dr. Veers, some of you may know, has a nephew that is um, very active in the Limbless Vets organization. He is an amputee himself. 
and he goes to the Veterans Hospital and said there is a real need for lap quilts. So this is going to be a lap quilt for someone in a wheelchair. And if you notice, they've expanded. They've got a pocket to put this stuff, and nobody goes without a cell phone nowadays. So um, this, they've sent several, and Dominic, Dot's nephew, is so thankful for it. And he said the vets are, they love them. And also there are female quilts too. This is for a man. And we do pink ones, or light color, floral ones for women. It's beautiful. So it's, it's, it's that little light that has been spreading through these groups. Now this is one example of, of traditional crafts that are going on at the library as a group, as a community. But as I mentioned, the world is getting confusing, so we also think of it as a technology hub. As of, was it last month? Well, mm -hmm. the William Ames podcast room has opened up at Quisitanus. You don't know that? <laughs> well, it will be famous eventually, but we've just started. And the whole idea is not to get intimidated by these new things because the kids just keep throwing things at us and we have no idea what they're talking about. This is the space to come and, and, and learn at your pace. So we have one-on-one -on -one with an expert. If, you know, if somebody has given you a new fancy iPhone and you have no idea what it does, come on over to the library, set up an appointment. Podcasting is all the rage. You know, you remember how one enjoyed listening to the radio? Television sort of takes away that experience because your eyes are being used so much. It's so nice to be able to just listen to something. And podcasts have that magical appeal of listening to somebody's voice and imagining the rest in your own head. And they're short and they're topical. So we have opened up a podcast room for anyone to come in, close the door so that it's just you and your microphone, let it out. Whatever it is that you want to talk about. You don't have to put it on, you know, for everybody to hear immediately. You can hear it yourself. You can figure out whether it's good. It doesn't, as I said, it doesn't have to go out to the world. It can go to your grandkids. But hey, it's a lot of fun. And it's at your own pace. The whole idea is to make it a do-it-yourself building where you do exactly what you want to do or you never thought you would do and make it happen. So that's the latest. That's the podcast room. We had also talked a little earlier about uh, another room at Quisit House, which is transference technology. I love that. You see this family over here? This is the young family. I think he's the gentleman from Easton. But the young family from all over the United States gathered at Quisit House. They rented the space for a few hours and did a genealogy search. You know, they spread it all out. And because we have transference technology, they could put in their old VHSs, their old negatives, and scan it into modern flash drives so that it's saved for the next generation. So if you have old wedding videos or whatever it is that you want to pass on and you want it to go on to the next generation, come on over. Again, it's, it's, it's not something that's... Um, it's very easy to do. Once somebody is there, it takes exactly 10 minutes, and we have a step one, step two, step three. Press this button, wait for this, press the next button, magic happens. So these are the kinds of things we are, you know, we are offering at Quisit House as a do-it-yourself so that this whole 
roiling world of new technology does not become so, so um, removed from the rest of us. Even simple things like photography. Yes. Yes. Um, I have used both of those machines, and they are very simple to use. I have a lot of VHS tapes, and um, you just put it in, and it, I put it on a uh, DVD, but you can use a flash drive, too. And um, uh, I also have used the other machine where I put slides. I have gazillion slides, and uh, I put those on. Now, if you, and you can follow the directions, but I would suggest that you come on Tuesdays between 10.30 and 12.30, uh, and make an appointment first by calling 238-2000, uh, is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, and, and sign up with Patrick. He's great. And uh, he will show you how to use both machines, both the VHS to, to DVDs or flash drive, and the um, slides, or negatives. I have also negatives that I'm going to bring that have never been developed. Or if they have, I can't find the pictures, but I do have the negatives. And it'd be interesting to see what turns out. So you can do, do that too and learn from Patrick. Uh, 10.30 to 12.30 every Tuesday. The call for us to make an appointment because he will give you a whole hour. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's made an appointment and you come, you may not get to see him that day. So. And, and as Priscilla said, you know, Pat, is, Pat volunteers at Quisit House to do this because he just enjoys it so much. So do, do use bad skills, but always, there's always someone there who can teach you. So if that time's not convenient for you, just give us a call at that same number, 238-2000, or if you want to get onto our website, aimsfreelibraryoneword.org, um, you can actually make an appointment right there. Again, if you want to just learn the basics of getting onto a computer, as I said, we have a one-on-one -on -one expert for just about anything that you wanted to learn, but maybe were too embarrassed. And I know I can't learn from family relatives because it becomes into a fight. So it's so much nicer to learn from strangers, and strangers were professionals. So keep that in mind. May Listen. I add one thing? Um, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, um, there's a gal, Dana. Yes. Uh, is, is it uh, 11 to 1? We staff it right through from 10 to 8. So there's always someone who can teach you. Okay, and what she does is, um, one of the things she does, she does a lot of things, um, anything electronic, but the one thing I'm interested in is eBay. She teaches you how to sell on eBay. Um, last year I got a lesson, but wow. I've forgotten it, but I am signed up, and, uh, and I have boxes and boxes and boxes in, in a bedroom I don't use that I need to start unpacking and make some money for my next trip. Yes. I, you know, somebody was just saying after they had gone through one of those lessons, not only does Dana teach about how to sell on eBay, we have a tiny little studio with a camera that you can use in the library, so you don't need to, you know, own anything. So in that tiny studio, things like jewelry, it's highlighted, there's different backdrops, it's literally a miniature studio. Did you use that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's from A to Z, basically. And somebody who went through that class, they said after they sold their first item on eBay, he and his wife were running up and down the house just looking for things yeah, to yeah. sell and building things they used because it was such a charge on, on being able to do it. Um, and, and, and do, do, do look at the, uh, the website or look at the Eastern Journal because every week we put out what's coming up for the week. Because this, this is just a few examples of, as I said, over a thousand programs. 
We just finished it. Did anyone come for the garden music series? We just finished the last one, but keep that in mind. New lights. With new lights. New, we have lights for the stage now. Right. So. It's just, it's like a mini tanglewood right here, right next to you in your library, in your garden. And it's every month, and it's a fabulous concert. It's free, you bring your lunch, you bring your dinner, you bring a chair, you settle down, and life feels good. It's just one of those moments. What else do we have, Rose? Well, uh, I was hoping you'd ask me that question, Uma, because <laughs> we also have this, uh, this young lady who volunteers, um, Emily Wormwood. And what Emily Wormwood knows, which you might be interested in, is Emily Wormwood is a registered Wikipedia person. In other words, if you have the history, if you're an amateur historian and you know the history of something and you want to write it up, what you do is you go talk to Emily and say, this is what I want to do, and she will guide you through how to do it, and she will post it there for you. She won't write it for you or anything, but Wikipedia has, you know, they have certain standards about that you have to be have to be, have links to other sites that are of interest and all sorts of things. But you know, for instance, this church, if you want to do a history of this church and get it on Wikipedia, um, she's the one to talk to, which is a great skill. She's done four sites, four Wikipedia sites already for relatives of. Uh, my relative, so she's sort of learned how to do it, and she's done it, and she knows how to do it, and, and so she'd help you out. As I say, she's not, a, she's not a writer in that sense, but there's a real skill to getting it up there and getting it linked. Bill, but some of us, I think you need to explain Wikipedia? what Wikipedia is, yeah. yes. Does anybody not know what yes. Wikipedia is? Well, let me remind you what Wikipedia is, which is it's, a, it's analogous to the Encyclopedia Britannica, only it's online. In other words, you go to Wikipedia and you enter any, there's like millions of pages of information by subject. In other words, about people, about locations, and events. that's about all I could say without too that's, much information. And as a good librarian, I just have to insert that it is by the people and for the people. So it, unlike the old printed encyclopedia, it's not the experts, experts with a capital E, who are you know, you could put in something about someone in Wikipedia. So anytime you refer to Wikipedia, this is the librarian angle bill. You just have to be a little cautious. Oh, like any, you check your sources. Check yeah. But it is the gold standard. Absolutely. Wikipedia is the gold standard. I mean, it's a huge thing. And as a matter of fact, I think it would be, you know, after this is over, it's worth talking about, if you don't have a profile on Wikipedia, it, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, is to get all community organizations, agencies maybe come over to the library and we'll set up Wikipedia pages. Yeah, she can guide them. She can upload it. She'll do the, right. make sure you did it right and then right. upload it for you. Right. But I'll take today as an example. At 3 o'clock I was just saying a new group is starting. It's a dancing group. <laughs> Why? Because at the last music concert this lady could not resist and she started dancing in the garden. And I said, hey, very good as a dancer she offered to come. So she's going to try and do this on a regular basis. In the evening, we have a very interesting development at Cuisset House. That's why we love Cuisset House, right? Mm -hmm. It just Absolutely. organically seems to grow into more and more exciting things. Five years ago, there was a children's author who, who wrote her 30th book. Our children's librarian put it on our website. Oh, congratulations to Kate Kleiss on her 30th book. 
Kate Kleiss was sitting up in the, in the mountains of, the Ozark Mountains up in Missouri, thanked us and wrote me an email saying, oh, thank you, and the library looks lovely. I said, well, why didn't you come and give a talk over here? I assumed she was in the region. She said, well, no, I'm from Missouri, but if you have an author in residence, I would love to come. I said, we don't have Bingo. residence, but we have a haunted house. And I was referring to Quisit at the time. <laughs> we weren't sure what we were doing with it. Yeah. She said, sure. I said, well, it is haunted. She said, no, I'm in Missouri. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a great sense of humor, no question. So there she was. She drove down and stayed for one month on the third floor of Quisit House, which has a little bedroom and a kitchenette and everything. Loved it and gave free writing classes. Now, this is a really great author who's giving free writing classes to our community in return for staying at Quisit House. We loved her. She loved us. And since then, she's come every year. This is her fifth year. And tonight at 6.30 is her last writing workshop before she drives back into the Ozarks. Mm. So if you're interested, come in at 6.30. You don't have to be a writer. It's just a lot of fun. It really is. Um, she has a great style. Enthusiastic. Yeah. Yes. So and that's... You're sitting and thinking of just writing out, you know, the basics of a memoir or... Right. You know, she, 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 she encourages. She's very encouraging. And she gives out her email, so if you want to send it back to her, she edits it. Uh, yeah. Children's college essays were completely edited, and they've graduated, so. <laughs> <laughs> she did something right. You can edit that out. Right. <laughs> uh, in addition to books, also, just the last thing I want to mention is that we're also trying to do what we do. It's called a library of things. Because there's sometimes that you just need to try something out. You don't feel like going and expending a whole amount of money without knowing what it's about. Those are the kinds of things we're trying to stock. So, for example, we have um, a telescope. If you ever want to see, you know, just try out a telescope. It's a great big uh, plastic tote that you can take it home and try it out without expending $500, because it's a really good telescope. You can see the craters of the moon in it. Um, sewing machines, different types of knitting needles, um, hot spots. Now, these hot spots are really good for family vacations, and you can stun your younger relatives by saying, I can get you a hot spot. Just practice that sentence, because that will really floor them. It's a tiny little gizmo that you can take on a vacation if you're sitting in a boat in the middle of a lake. They still have internet access. It hmm. gives you internet access wherever you go. So it's quite a wondrous thing. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, e-readers, you know, if you, if you are traveling and don't want to carry 20 printed books, it's a nice thing to carry an e-reader, which is loaded with a whole bunch of novels, nonfiction, right there. So the library of things is also there. You can always go to the library and have a look and see what all we have, and if there's anything of interest to you. And if it's not of interest to you, suggest what you'd like us to get, and we'll try and hmm. fill that in. Um, yes, are you, are you open to questions? Absolutely. Okay, I have the first one. Why don't you tell us about the um, movies that go from September to June uh, every other Friday. Bill is one of the co-founders co of that with Ed Hands, our, one of our town historians. Well, it's, the, uh, called, it's called the Hockamock Film Club, but it's just a film club basically, and it meets every other Friday. And um, I guess um, you can um, find out about it through, is it on the website for the library by any means? 
It's an independent group. It's an independent group. And we meet at Cuisett House, and it's very nice. We get about 25 or 30 people. Every Ed's really the one that does, Ed Hans is really the one that does most of the work. I sadly cannot be there as much as I used to. But it's sort of a, like a club feel, you know, everybody and everybody. Some of the people have been going to those movies there for 12 years, 15 years. So mm -hmm. it's fun that way. And, yeah. and he just published the um, year's program, all the movies mm -hmm. that, and the dates. And the first one is this Friday. What's, what's, what is it? You remember? It's, oh, yeah. I can't remember. I mean, I, just, I read it this morning. At 6.30, you come and socialize and have some coffee and cake. And then uh, at 7 o'clock, the movie starts. Uh, and they're great. And Ed introduces the movies. Uh, and then you watch the movie. And then after that, there's a discussion. Everybody um, you know, speaks about what impressed them and, and what the significance of the movie was, et cetera. So it's, it's great. And you're out of there by 9 o'clock. TED Talks. So, or 9.15. Yeah, and, and just to add to that, this is, as, as Priscilla and Bill mentioned, this is sort of a club feel. If you don't feel like a club, there is also regular uh, movie nights at the library. There's also a very interesting uh, setup with, have you heard of TED Talks, T-E-D? Yeah. yeah, this is very interesting. It is. These are just 30-minute talks about something of great interest to everyone, pretty much. Right, you could say it's about editing of genes or something. And five speakers each 10 or 15 minutes, and they go one through the light like that. Right. It's quite an interesting way to do it, because you're, you're sitting with other people, and there's a big screen, so it keeps your attention, whereas you watch it at home on your computer, and exactly. five minutes, I'm, I'm out of my mind right. doing something. You know, But here, it's very... It's very it's, different. It's a different experience when you're doing it with others to see something of interest and be able to discuss it. I think sometimes it's so frustrating where you read something interesting or you look at something interesting and there's just nobody to talk to. So it floats away in your mind. This is great. Yeah, it's a, I, I, I like going to those because you do, it does tend to stick in your mind exactly right. what these people. How do, how do, how do the e-books work? I mean, can, can we, uh, do we have to go to the library and bring our iPad with us? And No, no, you can just pick up an e-book. If it's an e-book, it's an actual, you know, it's an actual e-reader that you can check out. It's oh. already preloaded. If you want to read books online, if you go to our website, it says Overdrive. You can click on that and then you can down, check out a book online, just as you would a regular book. And after three weeks, it'll disappear from your... So you ask, wow, that's great. You yes. can download. Woo! So you can download it. You can even download it. Right. Just don't do lose you it. Have, do you have Bob Woodard's book, Fear, yet? No. <laughs> you know what? This, this week... Politics. <laughs> this weekend, I will go and get some from Barnes & Noble because there's such a high demand. It takes a little while to come from the vendor and get processed. And there's a long line. So I think I'll just pick up some from the bookstore first. And Okay. It'll be available. Okay, put so your question. name on it. As soon as you hear a book or read a review that's interesting, there's something called a hold system. Just, you know, and come and sit with one of us and we'll show you how to do it. As soon as you read it, go ahead and put a reserve on it. That way you're on top of the line. It might come six months later, it's released, and you're, you know, you'll be the first one to get it. That's the way to do it. See, librarian's tricks. Mm. <laughs> okay, we have questions? If we don't, I'll leave you with a little image. I love this image. 
You know how you just get used to something like this? It's happening right now. You have all been to the library five years ago, you said, a year ago. In 2009, if you had walked into the library, you would have stepped into this space. The cold. Do you remember this? No. Yep. I love this. This is, this is the before. This is what you're stepping into now. Only the people who worked there were allowed to go down. But I'm told there was a notorious <laughs> restroom there. If you had it to use the, the restroom. restroom in the entire building. And it was down there. And I'm told it was very creepy. Can I say something quickly? Yes. One of the things that made it possible was that, see this door here? You all went through it. It's perfect dimensions for handicapped access. In other words, it's 35 inches. I mean, that was like a major miracle because how do you move all these walls? You know, you can't. So that's, Annalie Bundy figured that out. She got the measuring tape out. She said, we can do this. After we had met about it for a year, you know, she finally got the tape out. So we owe that, owe that great insight to, to her. Yeah, so that opened this whole thing up because we were sort of stumped as to how to do it. And now I have to show you my all-time favorite, the garden. How many of you went into that garden when it was a garden? Mm -hmm. Before we restored it, you did, you did, you did. Three people. Oh, I did certainly. Four. Yeah, well, it was a jungle. It was a mess of vines. We called it the jungle. I think that's really the question. I don't think probably anybody was in it when it was nice. You really couldn't. No, but people did get in. Oh, sure they did. I was sure just going to ask you, were you responsible for all the beer cans that we found? <laughs> yes, it was. Can I ask you a negative question? Yes. It's really not a negative, because the library is wonderful. Um, but when you come out of the library and you have to make that turn on. Oh, my goodness, yes. How, what can you, is there anything you can, short of taking that wall down, I guess, to the left? We have officially put that request in quite a few times. Those signs have come up because of the request that was put in. We finally, I shouldn't say this on television, so I won't. But I'll tell okay. you afterwards what we did do. Have you seen the, mir the, the, the mirror? The mirror, yep. Yeah, that's... It's than you have to study the mirror. You have to study it. I must have to make a left turn. Yes. And I sit there and study it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it definitely requires. Yeah. But we've been very lucky, don't we? We've only had really one accident in... 50 years, but I think it's uh, a lot of those people who drive down the road know what's their repeat drivers down mm -hmm. there. So, and we used to park along the edge of the road, which made it right. doubly was sort of hairy. So, it, it definitely requires being alert, but fortunately, everyone's. It's good to know there's only one, been one accident in that. It's intimidating. It's, it's very, it's, yeah. I find it too. And getting used to that mirror. I mean, uh, it's reversed, right? It's reversed. It's yeah. taken me a long time yeah. to get used to it because I get nervous to, that I'm going to get whacked. You have to let a car go past to see which oh, way, where it is on the It's the top. It's the yeah. top yeah. lane, not. The I suppose you could rebuild the dam and fly away like the pond do stuff and have the dam failing. That's right. That's a great. That's a great. Great question because that has been in everybody's mind many times. And I, I make that turn every day, and I, I yes. And the take a deep breath. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That yes. was that. We have to thank the Community Preservation Act. They were such, that was a far-sighted thing. Um, you know, that was a nightmare, especially during winter. Mm -hmm. it, the it, muddy season. I do have one question. Yes. Louder. Are you are you going to put more lighting over in the parking lot at Quisa? Yes. 
Yeah, that's any day now, department, right? That's why you still see the, uh, you know, it's not yet finished. Right. The cones are still there because that's where the lights are going up. Um, the gentleman who's doing the lighting had a personal tragedy, so it's got postponed, but um, it, it's definitely coming up, both behind and in front. But yes, I'm smiling every time I drive into Quisit now. <laughs> yeah, it never gets old, does it? It doesn't. So, if you've called for a book and you're the 178th person on the list, yes. can you get the e-book? Is there a list for, like, will there be still a list It's a, a waiting time it's to a get very, a particular book? It's a fabulous question because, you know, you just instinctively assume that because it's online, it should be there. Right. And I got the shock of my life when I realized there are cues just as there are for the print version, there are cues for the ebook okay. as well. Can you then talk about the expanded library, the other libraries that are part of this yes. network? That Thank you for the question. Okay. Yeah. Our library is part of a consortium of 75 other libraries, which are called SAILS, S-A-I-L-S, which is a great system because every day a little van comes around, all your requests come in that, uh, people who have requested from other libraries and towns, are, you know, there's an exchange that goes on. It's a great system. And now if you cannot get it from the 75 libraries that are part of the sales system, we then try it around the state of Massachusetts, which takes a little longer, but we will still you know, try and get it for you. If the state of Massachusetts cannot pro provide it, we do throw it out to the entire United States. That depends on the library that sends it will usually charge you. Um, you know, so that's, that's only pretty much for something that you really, really, really want um, and have no other way of getting it. Yes? You said you could download onto your own tablet. Yes. Okay, and now she's 175th in line. Yes. Can she download onto her tablet and then be first in line at her house? It's an online library, just as it is a physical library, it's an online library. So she can download it when her turn arrives. Oh, did you, when she's put arrives. in turn, yes. What, yes. what did you say? The, it's Overdrive. Overdrive. So if you go onto our website, look to the right-hand side, you can't miss it. It's a huge, big tab. And as I said, we are always there for one-on-one -on -one instruction at your pace. So just come with whatever, you know, whatever gizmo you have, and we'll sit with you, and we'll just walk you through it. How, how do you access that? How do you access that one-on-one -on -one instruction? Because when I go in, typically there's two or three ladies sitting behind there and checking books out and, and all that stuff. That's downstairs. Downstairs. Yes, upstairs in the second floor is the reference desk. Uh, of Quisit House or? No, of the main library. The library. Okay. Yes. So we have classes that go on in Quisit House. We also have classes that go on at the main library. Uh, if you're coming in today, you know, we can So meet. if you want to access that, you go to the second floor and talk to the reference librarian. Or just get onto our website and make an appointment with one-on-one okay. -on -one with the librarian. Okay. And also, if you come in the mornings, typically it's quiet. Even if you haven't made an appointment, you just happen to be passing by, you okay. have your e-reader with you, just drop in and see if it's okay. quiet, they'll just sit with you. All right, thanks. I have a question. Yes. Uh, do you have a, like a bookmobile for shut-ins? So that you can... We do not have a bookmobile, but we can have, we have home delivery. Okay. So yeah. if you just fill out a form, we work in partnership with the Council of Aging and with wonderful volunteers. So we, we get a sense of what kind of reading material the person likes, and then we collect it, and then a volunteer comes and brings it to the house. We also, for the visually impaired, we are part of the uh, Perkins School for the Blind, 
Uh, and so they send the machine. So if anybody needs a machine, they send it over so we can set them up for audio. There's lots of audio books as well. Uh, just a little bit more on that if you're way down on the list waiting for a book. Do you have to tell them or ask them um, to look in the other libraries for the no, book? No, no, it goes out. It just out. happens automatically. It's automatic. Oh. We, that's why we have, that's the, that's the magic of a consortium. Right. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's, you put it in, you're immediately part of the whole oh, okay. uh, consortium. So, as I said, the, the, the best thing to do if you're a reader is the minute you hear something on television or read it in the newspaper, put that reserve, because that really gives you the, you know, gives you a little advantage, a huge advantage. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions? One other comment. Yes. You didn't touch on museum passes. <gasps> yes. Thank you, Jill. I love museum passes. Does it, does it, does it, have people heard about the museum pass? You have. You used it. Yes. Yeah. Anyone else? Yep. You have, you have. It's wonderful. We have 24 passes at this point. Mary Silver organizes them, goes around looking for new ones. They either give you free entry or discounts. Um, they're just fabulous things. And you check it out exactly like a book. It's just a museum pass for a specific day. Museums, zoos. Uh, let's see, where did I last go? I went to the uh, aquarium. The aquarium. Um, even our, our, our um, museum of science. Yes, Andy. Yes. Fuller Craft Museum. Fuller Craft. Oh. Mm. I I take the Fuller Craft pretty much every month since they change their exhibits and everything. Yes, it's just a fabulous resource, and you don't connect it with libraries. So please keep. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, you mentioned that because yes, definitely museum passes. I mean the library has a lot of stuff, so, yeah. so do visit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank uh, Uma and Bill so very much for the most informative, inspiring, and thoughtful presentation. Thank you so much. And um, we hope that those of you at home have enjoyed it as much as we have at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church, which meets the second Wednesday, 1030 uh, in the morning, and has a potluck luncheon thereafter. So we welcome you to come. Don't have to be Lutheran. Just come and bring your dish. So we thank you so much. The library is one of the treasures of Easton. And so many people now are enjoying it, partly because it's more than books, as you, as you heard today, more than books. Thank you both again. Thanks very much. Thank you.